Hello and welcome to another episode of Give Me 40 Minutes and I will give you more or less of a DAF. This is our DAF Shui program, our weekly DAF, which doesn't take place every week. For example, last week, I'm sorry I wasn't here with the DAF because I was with a group of protesters who were trying to get Amazon to stop supplying cloud services to the Department of Homeland Security and their agencies, ICE and CBP, the folks who end up caging children. So instead of being here, I was sitting in in an Amazon store and being arrested for trespassing. But now we're here in beautiful Southern California. It is sunny and a bit cool. We're in Baba Batra in the first chapter, Chet Amud Bet 8b. If you are following along in the uh, Shas Vilna, the Talmud that was printed uh, originally 150 years ago in Vilna by the widow and Brothers Raim, the kind of standard shots, it's halfway down, more or less halfway down the wide lines. I'll let you find it. Our rabbis teach. Um, when we have the those who the, the charity collectors, remember we said a couple weeks ago or earlier on the daf that the charity collectors collect charity with two and they divide it with three. So the two charity collectors cannot separate from each other. They have to walk together. But when they're walking down the street, one of them can stay in the gate and one of them go into the kind of the store to collect the, the money. And the reason for this and the, the following halachot, uh, the following laws, is to ensure, to guarantee the integrity of the a charity collection system. If you start doubting that the charity collectors are honest, then uh, you're going to stop giving charity. And uh, that's the opposite of what we want. Matsama Oats Bashuklo, it's named Betoch Kisov. If a charity collector finds money in the marketplace, he should not. He's not allowed to put them in his own pocket. But rather, he must put them in the bag of the money for charity. And when he gets home, then he can take him out and he can take the money for himself. Similarly, if he was collecting a debt from his friend, um, and his friend paid off the debt in the market, so he should not put that money, even though it's obviously his money, into his own pocket. Rather, he should put them in the uh, wallet or the uh, bag of the tzedakah money, the charity money. And when he gets home, he should take them out and then put them in his own money. All of this is to reinforce the integrity of the tzedakah collection process and the perception of that integrity, the optics, as we say. It's no Rabbanon. It's taught in another text. So here we have an interesting problem which arose in the, in those times and not in our times so much. Charity collectors who don't have enough poor people to divide money to, that also doesn't arise in our times, unfortunately. But they have coins of a pruta, small coins, which are apparently made out of uh, metals which dissolve. And so therefore they want to keep the metals and if they dissolve, then the, the, the coins are not worth anything. They're devalued. So uh, you can change little coins into bigger coins. But but if you do that, you should give the coins to somebody else who will give you a dinar, a larger coin, rather than do it yourself. Again, so that nobody thinks that you're self-dealing out of the charity money. 
those who are collecting food for the pantry, for the community pantry, if they don't have any poor people to give the food to, they should sell the food to others and take the money for the food pantry rather than sell the food for themselves to themselves so that people shouldn't think again that they are self-dealing. And when you're counting out the money for tzedakah, you don't count them two at a time so that people said people might think you'll make your yourself dealing or that you might make a mistake but you count each coin one by one. Amar Abaya. Another type of law. Abaya said, "Marish in the beginning, lo yativ mar atifi nishta." In the beginning the master, probably Raba, uh, who was uh, Abaya's teacher, uh, would not sit on the rugs that belonged to the synagogue. Came to Shama Lahadetania But after he heard this law, which we said before, that monies that belong to the community can be used for whatever the community wants them to be used. So then he would sit on the, the rugs of the Beit Knesset because he was no longer uh, worried that he was using something uh, that wasn't allowed to be used because they were taken out of the community chest. Amar Abaya, and Abaya further said, Marish have avid mar in the beginning, Rabba would have two different pockets, one pocket for the general poor population, not necessarily of this city, and one for the poor people of this town. But once he heard the following statement from Rav Shmuel, that Shmuel said to Rav Tachlifa Bar Avdimi, another Amora, Avid Chad Gisa Ve'atne. He did Avid Chad Gisa Ve'atne. Then he made one pocket, and he made a condition on that pocket. On that pocket, meaning that that bag of money that he would give it to anybody who came. And he made a condition about it that he would give it to anybody who came. Iunami Avid Chad Gisa Chad Gisa. So following hearing that that Shmuel said to Rav Tachlifa. He also only had one bag, and he conditioned that anybody who comes will be able to take from that bag, independent of whether they are from this place or from not from this place. And we continue in this vein. Rav Ashi, Rav Ashi said, I don't even have to make a condition. I don't... Uh, because anybody who comes, comes uh, with my intention. And whoever needs money, I give them the money. Okay. So this is all, again, about the integrity of the system. Now we're going into another subject, uh, but going back to the notion that we came before with the B'nai Ha'ir, decide their measures, but also salaries. There were two tanners. The Avde Inyana Bahadi Hadadi, that they made an agreement between them. That if one of them worked on their on the other one's day, they made one worked Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the other worked Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, let's say. Um, that if one worked, if the, the Sunday, Tuesday guy worked on Monday and Wednesday, so they would rip the product of his labor. They'd rip the the the, the leather. So one of them actually Ruvain worked on Shimon's day. 
Karel Mishchei. So Shimon tore Ruben's leather that he had worked. They both went in front of Rava. And Rava said, you know what? You have to pay him. You weren't allowed to rip his, you can't rip his tan. You can't rip his leather, his tan. You can't rip his leather. So Rav Yemar Bar Shlamia questioned Rava, challenged Rava, does it not say in the Brighton that we learned on the previous Amud, it says that they are allowed, the Bnei are allowed to punish for one who transgresses their ordinances. And this was an ordinance, so not working on the wrong days. Rava ignored him. Amrav Papa and Rav Papa said Shapir Avad. He would not ignoring them was a good thing to do. Shapir Avad la Hadalemidi. It was a good thing that he that he ignored him and didn't didn't reply to him. Hani Mili that Brita which says that they are allowed to punish for transgressions. Hecha Deleka Adam Chashuv. That's only where there is not an important person and there's a lot of discussion about what an important person means. But only when there's not an important person are they allowed to make a condition like that between them. But where there is an important person, then private people can't privately contract to divvy up the days of the week and that one doesn't work uh, on the other one's days. Now this later on, just as an aside, this piece of Gemara here and the previous piece of that the people of the town decide what salaries are, become very important in the 20th century in discussions about unions, because this notion of what the Bnei Ayir are, so to some, they are a union, they're allowed to reinforce what is an Adam Chashuv becomes important, what's an important person, and there's a whole tradition of response around that and around organizing and unions, Moshe Feinstein has a tshuva on the one hand, Uziel has a tshuva, they're actually both on the same side, but they come to different, less expansive, more expansive conclusions. Okay, but we continue. Tzna Rabbanan. There is another b'rita. Ein mechashvin im lo You do not take to account the charity with those who collect the charity and not uh, with those who collect for the Beit Mikdash for the temple, with the treasurers of the temple. In other words, you don't come down and you don't audit their books. In other words, you trust them. Why? Even though there is no proof for this, there is kind of a, a, kind of a hint to it. There is a memorializing of this of this matter. And that's because we have a verse in Lachim Bet, uh, in the discussion of building the temple in the times of David. And it says there, and you shall not come to account with those people who have given, who, to whom the money is given on their hand, by their hands, to those who are doing the work. Because they are doing it in a trustworthy manner. So the same way, so we're analogizing or transferring that notion of trustworthiness also to those who collect staka. Amar Abelezer. Even if a person has a trustworthy treasurer, somebody, an accountant inside his house, he himself should count out his money. 
because it says in discussions about the Beit HaMikdash and the temple in the time of David that they actually did count out the money. Amrav Huna, a different topic, but again, around the, the larger theme of the integrity of the system. Amrav Huna, Rav Huna said, we, when somebody comes to receive food from the kupa, from the community chest, we do not, we check it. We check him to make sure, we verify to make sure that he deserves it. But if, he, if a person comes to receive clothing, then we don't check whether or not he has to, he has to get it. We just give him the clothing. So it could be this. What is the reason for this? It's either, I can tell you that it is either a verse or it is theory. It's, if you want, I will say that it is a theory. Why? Because the one who doesn't have clothes is embarrassed. And the one who doesn't have food is not embarrassed. He's hungry, but he's not embarrassed. So if somebody comes without any clothing, so you immediately give him clothing. Or you might say it's a verse. Hello, paros lachmecha parosh. So it says in Isaiah fifty-eight, what kind of fast does God want? And then the end of that verse is hello paros lachmecha, which which means literally distribute to the hungry your bread. But the the word paros, the end of the word is written with a sin which could also be a shin, depending on where the, the dot is. And here it says, read it with a shin parosh. Explain. In other words, tell your story. So in other words, those who come for lechem need to justify themselves. Parosh vahadar havle. First, they should explain themselves, and then you give them bread. Vahatam ktiv And it also says in the continuation of that verse, when you see the naked, you you must clothe him. As soon as you see him, you you clothe him. So therefore, the one who's coming for food must explain himself, justify himself, and the one who's coming for uh, clothing does not have to justify herself. Rav Yehuda says, Rav Yehuda says the opposite, that you verify one who is coming for clothing and not one who is coming for food. He also says that this could be either for theory or for because of a verse. If you want to deduct it logic, deduce it logically, this one is in pain, and this one is not in pain. So if you don't, if you're not eating, if you're not eating, you're in pain. Or maybe it's a verse. So it says that you should distribute your bread to the hungry. Pros, it says pros in a tzivui form, in an imperative form, meaning distribute immediately. As it is read, in other words, paros, not changing it to parosh, not doing any of them fancy midrash tricks. And it also says there in that same verse, But when you see a naked person, is not in a tzivui form. It's actually in kind. It's you know it's in the it's in a future tense, and it says when 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 probably when he shows you proof that he needs the clothing. Okay, 
Tanya Kavate, on to another. We're moving from topic to topic here today. Buckle up. Tanya Kavate, the Rabbi Yehuda, there is a Brita which supports Rabbi Yehuda, actually, the same, proof to the same topic. Amar Kasuni Bodkin Achrav, Parnasuni Ein Bodkin. It's a Brita that says, if somebody comes and says, cover me, clothe me, so we check him out, we verify whether or not he needs it, Parnasuni Ein Bodkin. But if somebody says, Feed me, so we do not verify him. So that's a brayta which supports Rabbi Yehuda's notion that we verify somebody who's coming for for f- clothes, and we don't verify them if they're coming for food. Tznan Hatam says in a Mishnah in Mishnah Peya, "Ein pochatin la aniho vermi makom makom mikikar bifundion me arba me arba sein besela." A person who goes who goes from place to place, a a poor person who goes from place to place, collecting food. So we don't give him. This is a minimal amount. We don't give him less than a kikar, which is the value of a pundion, when there are four sein in one sela. So it's a certain type. It's a quantity of bread that we don't we don't give him less than that that without that loaf of bread lan if he is going to sleep over so he's going to stay over in town we give him things to help him in sleeping my parnasatlina what does that mean parnasatlina um things he needs for sleeping amrav papa papa says purya ube saja purya ube saja means like a, a sheet and a, a pillow Shabbat, if he's going to stay over Shabbat, you give him then three meals. And in Masechet Shabbat, around 115, 116, there's a whole discussion about what that means. But it's connected to the notion of the three meals that you have to have on Shabbat. So you give him three meals and the rest of the week, two. Tana, there's a tosefta there in Peah. If he, if this poor person goes around from door to door, um, then you don't have to give him anything from the, the community chest. This poor person who went from door to door, and he came to Rapapa, and Rapapa didn't want to give him anything because he knew that he was getting from the community chest. So if you, who's an important person, does not give this person money, everybody will think that there's something wrong with him, so nobody will give him any money. Should we let him die? Should we let him die? He says, but doesn't it say... A poor person who goes around to the doors, you don't have to give him any money. You don't have to give him a big gift. In other words, you don't have to give him a lot of money, but you have to give him at least a little bit of money. Ravasi says a person should never give less than a third of a shekel in a year, which isn't a, a lot of money. Shneamar, in other words, even if a person is poor, Shneamar, ve'emadnu aleinu mitzvot latet aleinu shlishita shekel b'shana l'avodat beit Eloheinu. This is from Nehemia, where they're talking about rebuilding the Beit HaMikdash. And here, interestingly enough, again, you have all the this verse, which has to do with building the Beit HaMikdash, being transvalued into tzedakah. And it says that we have accepted upon ourselves 
to give a shlishita shekel, a third of a shekel every year for the service of uh, God's house, meaning for the temple. So therefore, that's the seen as the lowest, the low end of what you have to give every year, even if you don't have any money. Amar bi Amar of Asi, Asi said shkulat Staka is compared to all has the relative weight of all of the other commandments. mitzvot, because it says in that verse, and we have placed upon ourselves mitzvot, right? In the plural, It doesn't say singular mitzvah, but rather it says plural mitzvot. So therefore, it means that this mitzvah, this charity of staka, is as all the other mitzvot in in the Torah. They classic midrashic move of using of exploiting the fact that mitzvot is in the plural why is it in the plural so here it uses it to say actually this notion of hemadnu aleinu that what we kept uh, accept upon ourselves in terms of the third of the shekel is showing that staka is weight as weighty as all the other commandments together amar abelazer is it? Gadol This is kind of a puzzling phrase. At first, the the one who causes others to do is greater than the one who does. Referring to tzedakah, why? Because it says Because it says, and the the act of charity, the act of tzedakah or justice, will be peace. And the work of righteousness will bring quiet and security forever. And so they're saying that it's not staka itself, but rather it is the ma'asev. So what is the ma'asev staka? The action of staka? It's actually the action of getting other people to also give staka is even greater than giving staka for oneself. Zacha. If one merits hello praise then it says in the verse, you will be able to distribute your bread to the poor. If you do not merit, then you will be bringing the very poor into your home. It's not clear if that means that you have to give you will be giving them your bread out of your house, or you will be poor and having to look for Bread. Rava said to the citizens of Machoza, Please, do tzedaka together to each other so that there will be peace with the kingdom. Right? Learning out of that verse, it says, Shalom. When you do tzedakah, the action of tzedakah to each other, then you will get peace. In the time that the temple existed, was standing, a person can take his one shekel that he has to bring to the Beit HaMikdash every year, and then he is forgiven. But now that the temple is no longer Standing, if they do, if a person does char gives charity, so then that's it is good to him, for him. But if not, doesn't make a him. He's still going to lose the same money because the idolaters will come and take it by force. However, it is still considered charity because it says 
in the verse in Yeshaya, Tachat anachoshet avi zahav, v'tachat ha-barzel avi kesef, v'tachat ha-yitzim nechoshet, v'tachat ha-banim barzel, v'samti pukudatech shalom v'noksayach zakah. So instead of copper, I will bring gold. Instead of metal, I will bring silver. Barzel. Tin. I will bring silver. Instead of trees, I will bring copper. Instead of stones, metal. In other words, God is here rewarding Israel in the other days, and all these things will be better. And also, and I will make your rulers peaceful, and your authorities righteous. But also can mean your enemies, those who oppress you, your oppressors. So here the, the Midrash is using that to say, if you don't give tzedakah on your own, so then your nogsayach, your enemies will come and take it from, take that money from you. This is an idea which comes up later in the next, we'll probably see it next week or the week after, um, uh, in the Gemara, that you have a certain amount of money every year. If you can give it to tzedakah or not, if you don't give it to tzedakah, though, you'll still lose that money. You don't get more money just because you don't give it to tzedakah. But here it's saying that but even though your enemies take it, it is still considered righteous. It's still considered charity. Amarava, okay. Amarava. Hai milta ishtayli ula mashkash urche de ime. So this is a guy with a very odd name. So uh, something was told to me by Ula who made his mother's manner crazy and drove his mother crazy, more or less. Mishmed Rebelezer, he said it in the name of Rebelezer. And what does is, what is is the verse mean which says, and you will wear tzedakah, literally righteousness, but here it's tzedakah, charity, as armor. So he says, This is to teach. Just as armor, every little piece of armor, if you've seen kind of medieval knights' costumes where they're kind of woven together out of different types of, of metal, little pieces woven together into a whole thing, to come together as one piece of armor, so too, each little coin comes together to be a major cheshbon, a major account. Rabbi Hanina Amar Mahacha, Rabbi Hanina learns this from a different, learns this um, teaching from a different source. He learns it from the verse that says, just as a cloth is worn on all of our righteousness, just as the cloth or clothing is made of threads which come together to one large piece of clothing so too in staka every little coin comes together to one big sum so now of course the question on everybody's mind am i ula mashkash why did they call this guy ula who drove his mother crazy and here's the story this is going to take a while it's going to take us off into the weeds a bit. Rav Achtavi Bar Ami asked of Rav Sheshet, Minayin Adam. 
how do you know that a Mitzurah on the days of counting, in other words, the seven days between when he was said to no longer have Tzorat and the day when he ultimately bathes and becomes clean, that he can uh, make another person impure because he's in kind of a, a liminal state. And we it's not obvious that he should be able to make somebody else impure. Amarlo, so he said to he answered him, Ho'il, so it's Rav Achtvi who's asking Rav Sheshit, Rav Sheshit answers, Ho'il mitamei b'gadim mitamei adam. He said, well, because it's a kavachomer, it's, uh, you're learning the, a, a stringent thing from a lesser thing. So since this person at that time makes clothing impure, so therefore he also makes a person impure. It's not really a kavachomer, but it's more of a, a, a comparison. Amrlei says to him, Dilma tuma b'chiburim shani. Actually, you know what? Maybe that's not true. Maybe there's a difference because when clothing is chiburim, is it's on your body, so therefore it's tied to your body, so therefore it could be different. Because if somebody moves a corpse, then they make clothing impure, but they don't make a person impure. So there's a difference between one who makes clothing impure and one who makes a person impure. Amarle, so he answers in Ve'ela Sheretz, the Metame Adam, Minalan, Minalan. From where do we know that a Sheretz uh, makes a person impure? Lab Mishum de Metame Begadim, is it not because a Sheretz also is, makes clothing impure? A Sheretz is a creepy crawly thing, which is kind of the, one of the highest levels of Tuma. Amarle, Sheretz, Behediyaktive, sort of after he says Sheretz, it says explicitly, O Ish Asher Yiga Bechol Sheretz. Because it says in the verse, and a person who touches a sheretz, it says in uh, Vayikra. Ela shechvadzera dzimitame adam minalan. But what about semen that makes a person impure? How do you know it? Is it not from the same the same logic that is since it makes uh, clothing impure, it also makes a person impure? Amalei shechvadzera nami vayikra. He says. No, Shechvadzera also is written in a verse in Leviticus, in Vayikra. O ish l'rabot etanogea. Because it says in the verse, ish ish mizera aron behut sarua ozav v'kodshim lo yochal ad asher yitar benogea b'cholt mei nefesh o ish asher teitzei mimenu Shechvadzera. And it says, O ish asher teitzei mimenu Shechvadzera. A person from whom semen comes out. Um, so, O Ish, and the fact that it says O Ish or a person, because beforehand in the verse it was talking about other things, since it says O, that O or comes to include one who touches. So, therefore, that's how you know uh, that one who touches a person becomes impure. Ahadrle bivdihuta. So, Rav Achtabui bar. Rav Achtui Bar Ami then laughed at, uh, he made a joke about Rav Sheshit, or he laughed at Rav Sheshit because Rav Sheshit's, everything Rav Sheshit said was falling apart. He didn't have a good answer. Chalash died to Rav Sheshit. So Rav Sheshit became weak. He became, he, he like felt really bad. He ishtik Rav Achtui Bar Ami, and Rav Achtui Bar Ami didn't say anything. He know he noticed Rav Sheshit became kind of blanched and and was feeling faint because he was humiliated. But Rav Achtavi Bar Ami still didn't say anything. And he forgot all of his learning. So his mother came and 
started crying. Tzavcha, tzavcha, v'lo ashkachba. So she screamed, was screaming and screaming, and nobody listened to her. Amr le chazi lahani chade dimatzit minayu. So he says, if you don't want to listen to me, listen to these two breasts that Ravachtave nursed from. So they prayed for him and he healed. I think I actually just said that wrong. So Rav Achtavi was quiet and saw Rav Sheshet being humiliated and Rav Sheshet forgot all of his learning. And then Rav Sheshet's mother, right, because we're talking about Ula, the Ula, Dimashkash Orchata the Ime is Rav Sheshet called Ula. He's the one who, and there's Ula, not the name, but Ula who caused, like Olel caused the um, craziness of his mother. So Rav Sheshet forgot his learning. His mother came and, and said, Look at these breasts that Rav Sheshet, and they should buy Rachmi'alei and ask for mercy for them. And he will be cured, and he, and he was cured. Okay? And so then Rav Sheshet remembered, he got his learning back. And how do we know this halacha that they were arguing about? Or she should almost lost his learning over. Because it says in the bright, it says the Mitzurah has to wash his clothes in the time of his counting of the days. And also it says in the time of his chalut, in the time that he is divided from his Mitzurah. Just as this one, he also is makes a person impure, so to this one, he makes a person impure. So in both of them, he makes a person impure. And that's actually how we know that in the time of his counting, he can make a person impure. So now we're just close the parentheses on that whole story and we're back to talking about how great tzedakah is remember the last thing we said was about tzedakah was like an armor now we're continuing along in in that vein and saying great is one who does tzedakah in a hidden manner more than moshe rabbeinu more than our master Moses. Because with Moshe it says, when Moshe was talking to God about Israel, said, I was fearful because of the the fear and the, the, the anger. But with somebody who does staka, it says, one who gives in one who gives charity in a hidden manner will overcome the anger. And, and this is the second half of the verse, one who gives, again, one who gives in secret, and here is using the word, taking the word shochad and making it mean giving tzedakah, and bechek is like inside, you know, holding in your bosom, so in other words, in secret, uh, will overcome great anger. And Rav Yitzchak, Disputes this. So it overcomes or it subsumes anger, af, but chema, which is great anger, it does not overcome. Because the second half of the verse, you shouldn't read that when you give in your bosom, then it also overcomes great anger, but rather. When you give shochet b'chayk, when you give in secret, still chama'aza. 
the anger is still great. Even though you've given in secret, the anger is great. And there are those who say, Reading it the other way, saying, reading Shochad as Shochad is the way we read Shochad rabbinically, which is as a bribe. So one who takes a bribe brings great and strong anger to the world because it says, If somebody takes a bribe in secret, has, then this is unleashed on the world. Now we're doing math. Now we're into math. Mitzchak says, all who give a pruta, a coin, to a poor person is blessed in six blessings. And one who is nice to a poor person with words is blessed with 11 blessings. And, and we should take this to heart. Um, when we see a poor person on the, on the street, a homeless person on the street, or a person asking for money, it is almost as important to talk to them as it is to give them money, or maybe perhaps more important. Because more when you give a person a dollar, depending on how you give the person a dollar, so they can get part of a cup of coffee. But if you stop and you ask them their name and where they're from and how they're doing, you restore their humanity to them. You restore their dignity to them. They, you reminded them and you reminded yourself that they are part of the community. So there are 11 brachot for one who um, uh, is, uh, uses their words to assuage a poor person. One who gives a Pruta coin to a poor person is blessed in six blessings. Right? If you go through that verse, the verse that we saw before in Isaiah 58, so that verse, there are six different parts of the verse. So that's four, and then you divide it into Paros and Lachmecha, or Aniim Rudim, the each one of them has two, and one way or another they get to six. And so there are all these things lead up to eleven. One who is nice in who is nice to him with their words. It's eleven brachot because it says the hunger of your soul will be assuaged and the tortured soul will be satisfied and your light will shine in the darkness and your the the dimness will shine like the noon and God will be upon you always and He will restore your soul and build from you the destruct the the ruins of the world and the uh, institutions from generation to generation will be once again raised up. And if you count the different verses and phrases in whatever way, you get to 11. And so therefore, there are apparently 11 blessings for those who include a poor person in the community by talking to them. Rabbi Yitzchak says, "Why does it say one who goes, one who runs after 
righteousness and love will find life and righteousness and honor and righteousness, the word for righteousness, it's staka. They're using the sense of staka, mishum, uh, charity, mishum derodev, staka, yimzat staka. One who runs after righteousness or runs after the ability to give charity will find charity. One who does great exertions to be able to give charity. God, master of the universe, or the holy one of blessing, make sure that that person has enough money and is able to give tzedakah from it. And uh, the only one of blessing makes sure, literally presents to him righteous people or uh, honest people so that he can give them charity in order to receive reward. And this becomes later on for Hasidei Ashkenaz in the 13th century, this becomes the thing. If you give tzedakah to somebody who's not hogain, to somebody who's not worthy of receiving tzedakah, it actually, according to the Hasidei Ashkenaz, based on this one line, reflects badly upon you. It's a sin because you've given your money. It's a punishment because you've given your money and you don't get the reward for giving tzedakah. And that comes out of this line in the Gemara. Lafuke mai, who is this opposed to? Lafuke mi didarish rabba. This is opposed to what rabba learned out of a verse in midrashically. Didarish rabba, what? Because rabba learned midrashically. Mai dechsevi yumuchshalim lefanecha beit abcha asebahem. They will fall before you or stumble before you at the time of your anger. You should. Avenge yourself upon them. Amar Yirmiyahu of Nekadosh Baruch Hu. Yirmiyahu said before the Holy One of Blessing, Rabbanu Shalom, Master of the Universe. Afilu b'shasha kofinet yitzchan. Even at the time that they bend their will, umuvakshin lasot tzedakah, and they want to do charity lefanecha before or righteousness before you. Hachshilam b'vnei adam she'ena muhuganim. You should you should make them stumble with people who are not worthy of getting tzedakah. Kadei shaloy kablu alein schar. So that you don't, so that they are not able to get schar, they are able to get reward from that act of giving charity. Rabbi Shuvah ben Levi says, Anybody who is, uh, who is habituated himself, who is normally gives, regularly gives charity, He is, the person is merited by having children who are wise and rich and know Agadah and wisdom. Dichtiv, because it says, they will find life, and life is wisdom. Um, or it says, Rashi says that by wisdom it says, one who finds me, find, and God is wisdom, find life. They will be rich, Dichtiv because it says there, charity and one who gives charity becomes wealthy, apparently. And they will be masters of agada, of legendary lore, legend and lore, because it says, and honor. Because it says here, kavod, and it says in another verse that it is the wisdom of sages that they will inherit. All right, we're going to stop there. So this is kind of part of 
it's interesting there this is part of the Yates stuck up passages like isn't stucca great how great are the things that happen to you in stucca interspersed with as we've seen over the last few weeks the halachot about actually how much you have to give and who do you give and how do you ensure the integrity of the system so on the one hand there's yet stucca on the other hand it's a system and the system is not just hyperbolic and overwhelming but the system is actually measured and uh institutionalized so that and this is uh what happens in the mission and payout we saw a little bit of it that it's no longer a system wherein you have to hope that you live near a field so that when they leave over the corner of the field but rather it's a or that you happen to live next to a rich person so that when that rich person feels like giving stuck you're there but rather it is through the city and through gaba eight charity collectors and through the kupa, the community chest, that everybody is given the same amount, a minimal amount of tzaka. All right. Thank you for spending some time with me learning. Um, this has been um, Aryeh Cohen. This has been Daf Shui, the weekly Daf, which happens almost every week. We'll be back next week. Give me 40 minutes and I'll give you more or less a page of Gemara. Thank you and have a wonderful week.